life for his friend. But Jesus also obeyed emphatically and uncompromisingly. I must be about my father's business. He was obedient even unto death. Death on a cross. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Paul is talking to the Corinthian church, and they're starting to go astray. They're listening to other doctrines, and some things are happening, and he is warning them. He says, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. I'm going to read the King James Version. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The Greek word for simplicity in this sentence means singleness, exclusiveness. There is a simplicity that is in Christ. Not that Christ is simple by any stretch of our imagination, but the truth about Him, His Gospel, is very simple. It's single. It's exclusive. Jesus was God. He is divine. He was born of a virgin. He was crucified, raised from the dead. Period. There is a simple, honest receptivity to divine truth that we all need. There is a problem, though. And that problem, at times, we either lose track or we have lost track of the singleness or the exclusiveness, the simplicity that is in Christ's gospel because of numerous factors. You're going to hear me repeat several uh, phrases over and over because they're really, really important. We're going to look at some of these things that come up against the simplicity of Christ that we have in Jesus. We also want to look at what Jesus says about simplicity. And we want to look at how Jesus lived simplicity of His Gospel. So once again, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity 
that is in Christ. As I mentioned, the Greek meaning for that word in the sentence is singleness or exclusiveness to Christ's gospel. The very first place in the Scripture where focus or the singleness of God is lost is in the book of Genesis. Eve lost her focus by listening to Satan. It would appear that the Lord's instructions to her may not have been clearly passed on by her husband, Adam could possibly be one of the reasons why she was deceived. We can lose focus by listening to the world's various movements. You name the movement, and the world has it. It may have a measure of truth, but it won't have the simplicity of the truth that is in Christ Jesus. Let's take a walk through the Scripture. Genesis. Chapter 2. And the Lord God commanded the man, verse 16, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then we go to Genesis, chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat? of any tree in the garden? Verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. So the, the mere fact that the enemy said, Did God really say He placed doubt in her mind. When there's doubt, the next thing that comes is confusion. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33, God is not the author of confusion, the Bible says, but of peace. If you're feeling confused, 
and your peace is disturbed, there's probably something at work. So Eve says, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. And she goes on to say in verse 3, But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, this might be semantics, but I can't find anywhere where the Lord gave the location of where the tree was in the garden. Secondly, God didn't say don't touch it. He said the day you eat from it, you're going to die. It's pretty simple. The serpent, in verse 4, says to the woman, you will not surely die. But if we go back to verse, to, to chapter 2, verse 17, the Lord says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So God is saying, you're going to die if you eat of it. The devil's saying, you shall surely not die. For God knows that when you eat, verse 5, the enemy speaking, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The only thing God said was going to happen to Adam and Eve if they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil was death. They were going to die. Once again, a single, simple, exclusive truth that the Lord gave. So we have the single, exclusive truth passed from God to Adam and Eve. And it gets squandered away because of confusion and the lies of the enemy. And it has caused them to sin against the Lord. And a chasm has been created between God and man. And sadly, it still exists today. For those people that don't know the Lord. Now, let's look at some of the movements that are in the world that could and will cause Christians and even the church to divide, to be led astray from the single, singleness and exclusiveness, which is the simplicity that is in Christ, which Paul was warning the church to guard against and to not let our minds become corrupted. None of these examples are political statements. None of them are. They are just things that are happening in the world, and quite frankly, they're contrary to what the Word of God says.
This isn't about not loving people. It's about loving our Lord Jesus Christ. If we remain committed to the singleness and exclusiveness of the Gospel, we will be able to achieve His purposes for all of our lives. So the first thing I want to talk about is gender. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. The world says you can be whatever gender that you want to be. You can even change your gender. The world has numerous genders. But the Bible says God created two, male and female. That complicates things because the simplicity that is in Christ doesn't cause confusion. 1 Corinthians 14.33, once again, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. The second issue that's in the world that is a big issue is marriage. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 23, 25. Then the man said, this, is, this at last is bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. We have marriage created by the Lord. Matthew 19, verse 4 to 6, the Pharisees were asking Jesus about divorce. And Jesus goes back and requotes because they were trying to stump him. Jesus said, have you not read who created them from the beginning, male and female? And said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. So Jesus quotes how man and woman were created, their gender, and for what type of relationship they were to be created in. So God creates a perfect union, marriage. The world changes the definition of marriage to a union between two people. But they still want to call it marriage, even though it doesn't look like anything what God created. More confusion. As the church has to decide on whether to hang on to the singleness and exclusiveness 
which is the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus because of that situation. Once again, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Let's talk about how life is viewed from the world's point. All life, to begin with, is from God. Life is sacred. God gives it. And He's the only one authorized to take life. Genesis 4.8 Cain spoke to Abel his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother and killed him. So the first murder in the Bible. The world's view on life. There's two main areas. One, abortion. On demand. Repackaged as women's reproductive health. My body, my choice, and so on. And it has become a hill to die on for a great number of people. Euthanasia or mercy killing. It started off with the terminally ill. Now there are elderly people choosing it. It's being pushed to include the mentally ill. Poor people. Street people. Disabled people. Where will it end? Exodus 20.13 The sixth commandment says thou shalt not kill a single and exclusive truth which is the simplicity that is in Christ John chapter 1 verse 3 to 12 John said that Cain was of the evil one who murdered his brother Why did he murder his brother? Because his own deeds were evil. Are the people who commit these acts in the same category as Cain? John, the writer of Revelation, said Cain was of the evil one for killing his brother. These three topics have eroded away the singleness and exclusiveness from which the simplicity that is in Christ. And in some point in time, we will all have to declare definitively on these issues as they invade our every facet of society, including our very lives. So what does Jesus say about simplicity? Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. 
The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. King James Version says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. Single. Exclusive. Truth that is in Christ Jesus. How did Jesus live simplicity? How did he live that? Well, he had a willingness to talk with people. He had a readiness to touch people. He had the ability to weep with people. A willingness to take care of the physical needs of people. As he demonstrated that when he fed the 5,000. What was Jesus' view on life? We're in John. We're in John chapter 14. Verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. John 10.10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So, I think Jesus valued life. But not only did he value life, he was life. He is life. John chapter 8, verse 7 to 11. This is a story of the, uh, the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery. And by right, the law said if you were caught in adultery, you should be stoned. And Jesus, they brought her to Jesus. I just, I love this story. <laughs> and Jesus simply said, if you haven't sinned, cast the first stone. And then he just went back to doing what he was doing. And then a few minutes later, he got up and there was nobody around. They all had left. The Bible says from the greatest to the least, Jesus said, Where are your accusers? She said, they've all gone. Jesus said, 
Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He hadn't even gone to the cross yet. And he had that kind of grace. He was the only one who had the authority to stone that woman. And he didn't. But he chased away the guys who wanted to stone her that were just as guilty as she was, maybe for other things. That says a lot about how Jesus values life. Matthew chapter 26. We're getting to the end. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Jesus again demonstrating he was the only one that had the authority and the power to take life. Because he could have called the angels down. But even leading to his death, he made his disciple put away the sword and said, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. Jesus valued life. He valued it so much that rather than us going to the cross and being crucified, he gave his life up so that our lives could be saved. That's a, a, that's a great, great value on what Jesus thought about life. We have a simplicity that is in Christ and it is continually going to be under attack by Satan who uses the world's movements, causes, standards, whatever you want to call it, to attack through sympathy, confusion, compromise. But we must keep fighting and not give up. When we stand up for the simplicity that is in Christ, He gets the glory. And people get saved. It's not a fight against flesh and blood. It's a fight against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness. The devil hates Jesus, but he's lost. Jesus is victorious when he came out of the grave. We we are now the ire of Satan's hatred. We have to understand that. He hates us. Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. He hates God so much that he would do anything against God's creation. That explains the misery and the chaos 
and the absolute brokenness in people's lives. People don't want to be broken like that. But we have an enemy that is going about to and fro like a roaring lion, the Bible says, seeking whom he may devour. Let's stand.